This episode of Tailgate Talks is brought to you by Blanca. Tune in live to interact with the hosts on Wednesday nights, 6.30 central at www.twitch.tv backslash Blanca OG. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, guys. This is week oof, what are sixty-one now? Jeez, we're racking these up. Um, fun, fun episode of Club Red for you guys tonight. Obviously, uh, some highs, some lows from the basketball team. Uh, definitely big win last night over Tennessee. We'll definitely be talking about that. Uh, coaching hires going crazy in the last week. He's definitely uh, McGuire's definitely rounding off his coaching staff. And uh, not to mention, uh, I believe the the new guy Quinn uh, Ewers is 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 one of the uh, five stars looking at joining us here. We'll be uh, we'll be looking into him as well. He's going to be transferring over from Ohio State potentially, uh, and then obviously the Liberty Bowl. So plenty to talk about tonight. But uh, before we dive into that, make sure you do follow us on Spotify and on iTunes. And if it is on iTunes, give us a five star rating. Drop a good review below. We always appreciate that. Uh, as far as social media, hit us up on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you do swing by that YouTube channel, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Make sure you hit that bell notifications so that way you're notified each time we post a new video. Uh, if you want to find our personal accounts, Dustin, you can find him at Dustin Wimmer 22. Brooks, you can find him at Calvin B. Barrett. And me, you can find me at Blanca, where the L is a one. Lastly, if you have any sort of thoughts, questions, or anything you want to hear us discuss on the show, uh, make sure you email us at the email tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So let's kick this off. Definitely excited about today's episode. Plenty to talk about, and I know y'all are excited to hear our take on it. We're going to start this thing off right. All right, guys, what is going on? Hopefully, y'all had a good weekend. We're back to the normal schedule for uh, another couple of weeks here, at least. This weekend, next week should be. Uh, Hopefully, y'all had a good weekend, I hope. Uh, Obviously, we had some good tech sports to watch over the last last little bit here. (laughs) Hell yeah, it's pretty much all I do. Yeah, basically. Now there's basketball on during the week I can watch. Football on the other days on the weekend. Mm -hmm. Always great. Obviously, uh, I, I'm I'm pumped for this Mississippi State thing, but we'll get into that here in a second. First thing, obviously, on the board, uh, we got Texas Tech football to discuss, and that is uh, going to be kicked off with the uh, with with Joey McGuire filling out his coaching staff. Uh, big hires. Uh, we can start that off, obviously, with the uh, the Zach Kitley announcement as the OC. Um, Dustin, uh, what, what's your what's your initial thought, initial take on this? Um, I mean, I, I think it's a great hire, but I think it's a good move. Like, uh, what, what are you feeling over there? What are your thoughts? Yeah, Zach Kelly's a young, up and coming offense coordinator across the country. Um, 
just had his first like big time OC job at Western Kentucky last year. And I saw it earlier today was just announced as conference USA offensive coordinator of the year. His quarterback was uh, offense player at the conference. And I mean, they were high flying. They, he did the same thing at Houston Baptist. He was on the staff at tech with Kingsbury. So obviously learned from a very good offensive mind there. So very young offensive mind brings a huge passing game, loves to throw it around the air raid, basically should be back for us. Um, and with the strength of our team being the running game, I think that drastically helps both sides of his his little weakness and our strength can even out. And I think thing, it's going to be very, very good for us. We, we should be able to put up a lot of points, a lot of yards, and also recruit to that. I think that should be very exciting to recruit guys to come play for in the yeah. past three years yeah we've had a decent offense but we didn't have a identity that guys would get excited about to want to come to tech and knew they were potentially going to have a 20 touchdown season or quarterbacks to throw for 4,000 yards and all that like you didn't know, know what you were getting really and now you kind of know you can be excited for it so it's really really good for us I think big time big time Brooks I mean anything to add to that uh, I, I know the offensive line has had some reworking. Uh, obviously, we got some some great quarterbacks coming coming through potentially. Uh, what what is your thoughts on the new OC? Yeah, well, you gotta always be sure to mention possibly. It's just a possibility. Right? So let's not let's let's pump the we, brakes. Let's we not still, get too ahead of ourselves. We on. still we still got Tyler Shuck in the building. I mean, he's still still good. Yeah, we still have we still have a good quarterback room, and so I think that's what's exciting about this hire. <laughs> Um, I think this is ultimately the best outcome. I, I wanted Kitley before the Cumbie announcement was, but it's hard not to root for Cumbie getting that job. But ultimately him taking the law tech job opened up the path for Kitley to come here. And yeah, Dustin just kind of threw out some of the accolades he's got this year. I mean, their quarterback threw for the uh, most yards or second most yards or most yards this season. He's almost caught Joe Burrow's touchdown record that he set a few years ago. Uh, so, you know, obviously that offense is able to do exciting things and he's able to create space for receivers and let his quarterback sling it. And yeah, we haven't been able to see that really over the past several years since yeah. Mahomes left us. And so um, it's exciting to have this potential here. You're like Dustin said, you're going to get a lot of recruits. Quarterbacks are going to want to come play at places where they can sling it around receivers are going to come want to come here knowing that they're going to get the ball and they're not going to be the best player on your team that in getting one target a game yeah um <laughs> like some things that we've seen here recently but yeah. it's exciting he's a love it kid uh this was you know he wanted to come home and we were able to bring him back and so that's a that's a big get for us i think huge huge time and, and and that's kind of a good point is is it's gonna be it's gonna be a better target for for people that are wanting to get their own stats too because everybody here is obviously for the most part on the offensive side of the ball trying to kind of get to that next level and so this is just gonna help boost their resume as well. Um, so the the next look that we need to kind of talk about here is uh, Tim DeRider, uh as the as the defensive coordinator. Um, Brooks, I mean I. I I don't know too much about him. Can, can you kind of fill me in a little bit about who uh, Derider is uh, and your thoughts on him as the DC? 
Yeah, I wasn't able to do a whole lot of digging today as I was uh, doing some traveling. And oh. so this announcement came very early today. But you know what I've seen? He, he's made a lot of stops, but he's made a lot of good stops. And he's turned a lot of defenses around in the, during those stops. His most significant stop being his last one, Oregon, uh, where, of course, you know, has Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, who might be the number one overall draft pick in, in the NFL next year. I uh, was able to go in and contain a really high-powered Ohio State offense uh, in Ohio State. And so you, you've seen the progress that he's made there. I think I saw a stat earlier that, you know, he was at California. And um, the year before, they were like 120th in defense or some scoring defense. And then the year that he came in and fixed them, uh, they were a top 30 in scoring defense. So there are some positive things that you like to see on his track record. I think I saw Rob Bro show tweet out that he runs a three man front. Uh, so <laughs> uh, we get to keep that uh, going. Hopefully he's smart enough to know when he needs to mix things up a little bit or, or able to uh, adjust to an offense. But you know, the overall when I see these hires and it's not somebody I'm super familiar with, because usually that's what you're pulling through when you're yeah. getting a defensive coordinator um, is their overall reaction from, you know, college football writers and people in the know and a lot of the feedback's positive. So uh, I guess that's kind of what I'll take from this. And hopefully we bring in a guy who's going to help this defense continue to get better and better each year. That's, that's what you need. Yeah, and that's kind of been a direction for the Texas Tech defense has obviously been uphill. Uh, I don't know if that's a big compliment because I don't think we could have gone anywhere but up before. Um, but, Dustin, I mean, any thoughts on the defensive coordinator? I mean, that that Oregon defense definitely uh, – they, they did put some work in on Ohio State, and that that is very high-powered. There's something to say about that. I think what you're getting with him, it's not a flashy hire, but it's a very experienced hire. I like I mean, it. That's what you want and need over there. You already have enough flash with your head coach and what your OC should provide. You just need some stability. You got that knows what he's doing over there. And I think that is a great addition to what's going to be on our defensive side. Oh yeah. <laughs> Big time. Um, so, I mean, some other uh, names got added in here. Uh, Zarnell Finch, defensive line. Uh, I don't know exactly where he's from, but, uh, you you just know, look at his this. hashtag on Twitter is quarterback hunter, so I just like him already. <laughs> He's uh he was the defensive line coach at TCU before this. Oh, um nice. and if like we yeah. And if you know anything, TCU's had a great defensive line. Usually that's one of the things Fair. you can trust from them. So uh, a lot of celebration on that hire too that I've seen uh through you know, people in the know have been pretty high on this one. So, so I got to ask a question here because I'm looking at his photo. And is there like a direct ratio of like amount of neck that they can show versus how good they are? Because this guy's got like just. Just a massive dude, man. <laughs> what else would you want out of a D-line coach? I, that's what I, that was my first thought. I'm looking at the picture of this dude and I'm just like, he coaches defense. Yeah. He definitely coaches defense. Either <laughs> defensive line or offensive line. He, but yeah, he, no, he, he's in the trenches. Uh, and I mean, we got uh, any other kind of notable names you want to throw out there? I mean, uh, we got a lot of hires within the last week here. Uh, 
I don't know. Yeah, Dustin. I'm sure Brooks is going to bring this up too. Offensive line coach Stephen Hamby, former yeah. offensive lineman for Texas Tech. Um, mm-hmm. You also bring back wide receivers coach Emmett Jones, who was the receivers coach previously with Cliff Kingsbury and worked with Zach Kelly on that staff. So some familiar faces coming in as well. You know, you keep DeAndre Smith and then you bring in those familiar faces for Kitley. Um, I think we got a really good, good staff coming along. Now we get to go just recruit and get the guys to play for them. Brooks, yeah. Anybody, anybody else you're kind of wanting to, wanting to throw out there? I mean, yeah, a lot of hires this week. Yeah, I think we've hit just about all of them that kind of really matter to us. Like Dustin said, Emmett Jones is very notable. I mean, he helped develop a lot of our receivers uh, back in those cliff days. You know, Antoine Wesley, who, you know, came out of nowhere and was an amazing receiver. Uh, TJ Vasher's best years were there with him. So a really good hire. You steal him from Kansas. And then Stephen Hamby, I, I think that's a big one because, as we've mentioned, that offensive line has been questionable. Uh, and so yeah. getting in a guy like Stephen Hamby is definitely going to help that group a lot. And you've already seen, like, the emphasis that we put into this offensive line recruiting-wise. And there's some Western Kentucky offensive linemen that are going into the transfer portal. So it's just kind of shaping up that we're really going all in on this, on our both sides of the trenches with these hires. And I really like it. Hamby also, when he was hired, his first tweet was him as a former player pushing the face mask slash helmet of another player. Nice. Like, get out of my Oh, office. I saw that. Like, yeah, it, it, was, it was a short, short I little video that. of him just shoving somebody. I forgot yeah, about cotton that. Cotton Bowl. Yeah. I think he yeah. got kicked out for the other game for. I love the attitude. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm, I'm just liking the overall vibe of this. I, and, and again, I, I, um, it, it, it's, I'm kind of catching like some of the feelings of like the basketball team before they come in because there was so many changes, so many new faces, so many you know coaching hires. But going into this basketball season with Mark Adams, like I felt positive, and I, and I feel like the football team's kind of starting to trend in that direction, where. I'm just feeling positive. I don't. We don't know if it's going to work. We don't know how well it's going to go. But I'm feeling positive about the direction that we're going. Either way, they invested a lot of money in our assistance, and we used it wisely. And yeah. so there's a lot of there's a lot of reason to be excited uh, about this group that we put together. So yeah, definitely lots of positive things trending in our direction, which is nice for a change. Right. Speaking of like, already how you compared the basketball team and. You know, coaching changes usually bring a big roster change, which basketball went through. The yep. football team has not gone through that. As of earlier yeah. this week, we were one of two schools in the country that has had zero guys go into the transfer portal, us and Georgia. That's true. That's I, crazy. I, I did read that. I forgot to mention that. But McGuire and also on Sonny Cumbie for keeping those guys here and engaged <clears throat> till the end of the season and up until the bowl game. But so but yeah. a bit of that cool. a bit of that kind of shows like even the even the current football team is just like no nah, this is some good shit coming our way like we 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 don't want to be out on this like we definitely want to be right. a part of it yeah and you imagine eventually somebody's going to sure. transfer out like that'll <laughs> that'll change eventually at some point but I mean one of only two schools and the other schools competing for a national championship yeah. right now yeah and you went through a coaching change so that retention's pretty incredible. 
And if what we've seen on the recruiting trails shows anything, it does show the chance to keep a lot of these guys because of that fire that this coaching staff has. So very good point there. Let's just hope that number doesn't get very high. (laughs) If once it does happen, let's just hope it stays there low. Single digits. (laughs) The Again, this coaching staff is just it's it's bringing a lot of good attention. Uh, obviously, you know that that staff, but not only that, I think uh, what as far as recruiting classes for twenty twenty three, we're in the top ten now. Like I know, let's, let's just calm down. I know, I know, I know, but <laughs> but it's, it's like, like but, that far but, ahead. but 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 it's attention. That's my point. Is that we're 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 trending in a positive direction versus negative, yeah. and this is a coaching change. You, well, you, the difference. The difference between what was and what is now is we would have never even had a chance to be in the top 10 because we wouldn't have even recruited 2023 at this (laughs) point. We had just still been on 2022 and we still would have been like in the upper 80s of a class. So just the fact that you are up there while, yeah, yeah, pump the brakes, we're not going to end up there. It's still nice to be able to know, hey, we're we're doing work. We're we're planning ahead. (laughs) Um, But Kind of pl- speaking of the planning ahead thing, obviously we, we got this kid from South Lake. He, he committed uh, to to Ohio State and then decommitted. And uh, I forgot what was his third transferred. school. Okay, yeah, transferred. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, but but he, he transferred out of Ohio State. But I forget his third school. I know it was us, Texas Tech, and uh, or, uh, UT. And uh, who was the third? He visited TCU as well. I don't was think they're gonna. No, haven't been really rumored to make the cut, but AM was in there at the start. That, that's what it was. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was trying to think of. Name a, name a Texas school. <laughs> yeah, 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 he was, was kind of in there. He was here on Sunday. He flew in, and there were pictures of him, you know, running around town with coaching staff. And mm-hmm. the rumors are he really liked what came out of the visit and what was going on here and the coaching staff and the possibilities with the kitley offense and you know texas has other ideas (laughs) yeah of course um if it goes to texas it'll be a strictly financial decision (laughs) yeah texas is trying to money look them with a huge nil deal from what the rumors are i would not be too surprised by that but um, I don't know. I mean, any any other thoughts on this kid? I mean, I, I, obviously earlier in this uh, segment here, we're just pumping the brakes. But oh, I mean, he would, I mean, he would drastically be by far your best recruit ever. I mean, he's one of the top ten best recruits in history since they yep. started doing that stuff. I mean, he was he's also like a nineteen year old who spent time at Ohio State and basically redshirted this year. So now he's a year into playing or being in a college system at a high level. And I mean, hell, bring him in, the possibilities could be endless. And the rumors are he's bringing other guys want to come and play with him. Yeah. Either teammates or guys he's played with at other levels or played against. And so that could bring you other high level guys too. Like possibilities are endless and the domino effects could be crazy. I'm excited for it. I mean, it, it, just to be like, like in contention, right? Like, would we have been yeah. in contention like a year ago? I, I don't think so. No, uh, two years ago, definitely not. Like, just to be in contention for the five star and for yeah. one of the best like recruits of all time, uh, it, it's it's again speaks to this coaching staff, speaks to that, speaks to the noise they're making 
but not only that speaks to who they are behind closed doors not just as a face but as actual football uh coaches right like well just getting in the conversation is is good enough i think like i mean we might not land him yeah. We might go to Texas and, and whatever, but the fact that we were in contention for this kind of recruit uh, is gigantic. And yeah, that you know the people who are like, "Ah, oh, we're we don't need him" or whatever. Yeah, we do. Like, when did Tech ever get too good enough to? We're not good enough to turn our head yeah. to a no. prospect like this. No, you're mad because a high school kid took a a lot of money. Like, what would you do in that situation? Every single one of us would freaking take the one point four million or whatever Hell that he was yes. offered on NIL. Like, come on! I mean, yeah, he made like two hundred thousand dollars this past year and didn't even have to play football. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's an incredible <laughs> businessman. Awesome. Like, I like that's amazing. And I mean, the possibilities that he brings with him are the other thing. It gets you in the room with a lot of other players. Has the potential to bring a lot of receiver recruits and who who knows what else to come with them. So it's not just about him; it's a program changing recruit. Like if you're able to get him, yeah. yeah. And then, and then just imagine if you're able to get him and him and Zach Kitley tear it up next year. Like, I mean, who wouldn't want that? Like, come on, guys. Like, <laughs> I get it. Like, some of y'all are connected to Baron or really want Baron and think that he can be a good guy. And no, we're probably gonna lose him for a guy who's chasing money, but I mean, we're Texas tech. <laughs> also, like, you got to realize like, that's what college football is now. Now that there's a NIL yeah. rule, yeah. you can technically just pay for guys. And that's what Texas is trying to do. They're just trying to pay him to come play for them. That's just part of the game now. Yeah. I mean, don't be like, Oh, we're too good to pay, pay him this much money. Well, then you're just going to have to deal with not having that caliber of players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the Mahomes connection is the other possible yeah. thing that's there is is Mahomes has kind of been in his ear. I think they had a Zoom meeting together. They've pr- uh, worked out together before. So if there's anybody who can get this done, to me, it, it might be that Mahomes factor there. I think football-wise, he wants to come here. I think just with the Mahomes and the Kitley connection. Yeah, right. I think – the the money is in the other ear and that's also hard to but like hard to say no to all this guy has to do is stay healthy he's gonna get the numbers here he's gonna get a high draft pick and get money later on down the line i wouldn't be mad at him for taking it now but if we're talking about longevity and career like i i still think with the direction we're going what's up brooks Oh, y'all keep going. I got somebody at my door. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, with with just a, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, no, just with, with with the with the longevity and the direction of the program, I don't see him coming here as any kind of negative. I we got we got everything that he could need, and with his name here, we'd even keep or draw in even more high end receivers, high end linemen, like. You they they know that like the eye is gonna be on Texas Tech now. Yep. So like I'm excited for this. Um, but we do gotta kind of keep moving on here, and and let's talk a little bit about about this Liberty Bowl matchup with Memphis State or Mississippi State. I know, I know, I know. Hold on, Let's slow down, Brooks. You didn't you you Brooks had Brooks had like like a like a I, I walked into into a nasty bathroom face. Uh. <laughs> Memphis State, Mississippi State. I don't know what. Oh, 
freaking uh, red in the corner of my eye that we're in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. The game's in Memphis. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess that makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I read as I talk. Um, but no, we got Mississippi State, and uh, we got the we got the we got the pirate. We got the matchup. We got we got Mike. <laughs> what? What's this shaking of your head? No. What? What? What are your thoughts? Oh Austin? no! I mean, literally, that's about the only. Uh, I guess the highlight you can say for this matchup <laughs> is an off, but props to the Liberty Bowl and whoever matched this up because that's how you sell bowl Take game it. tickets. Yep, for a six and six or seven and five matchup <laughs> in Memphis. I mean, hey, Memphis is a great a town former, to go to, former though. Coach with a still an axe to grind against mm-hmm. his former employer in school, and that he was potentially rumored to go back to and you know there's all kinds of off-field storylines and hey that's fun <laughs> i think it's great i think it's a lot of fun i mean uh, uh not only is it a big 12 sec matchup but we we got we got the like little little kind of you know little, little 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 drama sprinkles uh brooks what, what are your what are your thoughts on this upcoming bowl game on december 28th yeah i mean it's uh definitely get your popcorn ready type of game like the liberty bowl probably doesn't draw that big a crowd all the time to yeah. tune into it you know but it'll get more eyes on it this year for sure just because everybody in college football knows the history between us and mike leach yeah. and so that'll draw a lot of eyes just to see what happens but as for an overall matchup like i mean I think they definitely have the advantage. Uh, I've seen our past defense not be able to stop anybody for several weeks. So uh, I'm sure Leach is going to be able to find a way to sling it on us. And, and, you know, it's just kind of what side has more motivation (laughs) with this game. But, yeah, great, great matchup. Good to be back in a bowl. And it always felt like we were bound to meet up with him at some point uh, down the road. And so to finally kind of get this out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we'll feel good, and uh, you know, then we can move on and start the McGuire era. Uh, I'm just what not... a perfect way to start it, too. <laughs> I, I think yeah. so. Hopefully, <laughs> we vanquish the demons. You know, maybe Thank we you. go in there, we win, and then we can, you know, get that Mike Leach off of the program and move on. Finally, after 12 years, we can finally move on. That's kind of my hope. Is just. Whatever this game is, just gets rid of that kind of the pirate curse, you know, as people want to call it. <laughs> and then we can live our lives happily in the Maguire era. What, what, what is it? Uh, no, I'm going to just ramble on there. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm excited for this game. I'm excited for it. I, I was for, for personal reasons, I was kind of hoping for that we'd get the uh, the matchup against South Carolina. But uh, I'm excited to just see how we're going to look against an sec team uh I, I i constantly am bickering and arguing with with the mid to lower tier sec fans all to, all the time and so i think uh the big 12 sec matchup here uh, that's that's mostly what i'm kind of looking forward to the least thing again just fun little sprinkle of drama but this is more of just hearsay shit talk kind of fun uh but let's let's go ahead and look at the basketball team here and that's what that's kind of our our, our our bigger highlight of this of this week was the two games that we had. The first game, defeat by Providence, sixty two or seventy two to sixty eight, 
Um, a- any kind of thoughts about that loss? I mean, uh, Brooks, what what was your opinion? I mean, this was. I know. Uh, I know. <laughs> Go ahead and get it out. Uh, officiating. Uh, yeah, start with one. Brooks. Let, let's let's start with officiating. But but go ahead and kick us off here. Uh, Providence. Starting to have flashbacks already. Yeah. I had gotten over. I had gotten over that game. It was a Foul. ref show. It was a ref show. Foul. You know, that, that's all it was. Uh, when there's 51 fouls in a 40 minute game. Yeah. Uh, there's something wrong with that. And. While last week I had the motivation to get on here and do my whole spill about refs, I don't really have that energy now because it's kind of been washed away because of the victory last night. But I mean, overall, it was a it was a frustrating game because of the whistles, but also you know I'm not blaming this on the refs, and uh, this was definitely a game that we should have won and we choked it away. You know, they threw a zone out at us and we looked like we had never seen a zone in our entire lives, mm-hmm. and just completely destroyed us in that first half and we were really never able to recover from that and and get back and give ourselves I mean we still had a chance to win the game down the stretch but ultimately could never make the plays ultimately did a lot of things to shoot yourself in the foot Kevin McCullers last foul was dumb um Bryson Williams was uh helping Providence uh, more than us and you just weren't able to get have timely shooting. So that's just kind of the recipe for disaster when you're on the road against a quality opponent. Yeah. And and they they've they've faced a lot of quality opponents. And I know that this was our kind of first test because they've had a, a harder schedule up leading up to this matchup. Um Dustin, I mean, any kind of input here on this Providence loss? Uh, I know Brooks covered a lot of the main points there, but Anything to add in? I didn't think it should have been as hard a test as we made it. I think so. Yeah. Um, the the officiating, you say what you want about it, but yeah, they were a little touchy with it. But we also made a lot of dumb fouls on our own. Yeah. That we made the guys blow the whistle. It's like, what are you doing? At some point, it's like. So that's when you can't can't blame the refs. I mean, yeah, there were a lot of fouls going on, but shit. And Quit Providence took stuff. advantage. Yeah, yeah. Oh, took sure. advantage of it, and they kept attacking. And hey, we're gonna get a foul, so let's attack. And meanwhile, we would not do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, like Brooks said, I mean, the guys around the basket, we gotta make shots when we're that freaking close. Like Jesus Christ, like Bryson Williams, twenty-seven minutes and one for nine. Like, bro, what are you doing? Yeah, he was. He didn't have a great game against Tennessee either. I mean, he's got a with that big frame. And the spots we get him the ball, you got to make those close shots. Dude. Yeah. Um, I also didn't think this week was very good for Kevin McCuller. Um, stat line might be okay, but I didn't think he handled the pressure of the Tennessee defense last night very well. And then him leading the offense against that zone. Like we looked like, yeah, like Brooke said, we've never seen a zone in our life and we couldn't do anything. And it's like, there's a couple things we got to do. And it's pass the ball one, get in the middle. We weren't getting in the middle at all. I feel like we just didn't want to touch that top of the lane free throw line area to try to dissect that. Yep. And yeah, we gave it away. Um, totally I think the, the I think the change of the game was TJ getting three fouls in the first half because as soon as sure. he went out, 
because he's a part zone of that's on him for yeah yeah making a couple well, dumb fouls quick. Like, well, his weren't dumb fouls. Those were the problems I had with his, the officiating. Oh, his fourth his, one was a dumb one when he was the at fourth top one was a dumb one. The three Ooh. ones were the the block block, the charge charge, yeah. and then the same thing. He uh, yeah was the a, charge calls. I mean, some of those were iffy, but yeah, like his fourth foul. Yeah, that was Ooh, a dumb one. Already have three. It's early mm-hmm. in the second half. Like. We're, we already have this guy 30 feet from the basket. You don't need to try to get a charge. Yeah. He's not being aggressive. Yeah. So, I mean, but, I mean, once he went out, that changed the game for us because we had for nobody sure. who was willing to attack. Yeah, everybody and, else was very timid. And so, put it best, I think. yeah. And we had that game like a good game. We had that game one. Yeah. We had our good chances. Good no, game. no, we, we had our chances at it. And, and, I I think um yeah we 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 lost that on our own and on. maybe we were maybe we were kind of looking forward to to this next game maybe a little bit too much which was uh what we're going to be talking about now which is the uh Texas Tech beating Tennessee 57 to 52 in overtime in what was one of the oddest three three point games I think I've ever seen um and and Daniel Bacho's immersion game. Uh, that was uh, MVP for the game, I think. Uh, but Dustin, uh, I know you just took a shot here. Sorry. So let's right. give you a second. Let's go ahead and kick this off to you to start us off here. Uh, thoughts on this Tennessee win? I mean, obviously, beating number 13, we're still unranked, which early season, it doesn't matter. But uh, but still, you know, good Tennessee team we beat. What are your thoughts on this performance, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball? And we might have lost Dustin there. All right, Brooks, go ahead and kick it off. It's like uh, it's incredibly he's bad time. He's, he's just he's just he's just completely dumbfounded and has no words for it. Uh, Brooks, go go ahead and take the helm on this one. Then, uh, what what are you thinking about this Tennessee victory here? I mean, defensively we were looking solid. Offensively, some weird stuff at the three point line. What do you think, man? Dustin's back. <laughs> just go just go ahead and go, Brooks. Uh, just go ahead and go. I know, I know. It's like the game last night. What happened there is I look like that Tennessee guy trying to make a layup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously one of the hardest games to watch that I've ever watched in my life. Just Mm -hmm. completely inept on offense on both ends. And you know, the thing I would want to talk about, kind of what we've learned from ourselves. We'll get to that point later. Is you know, Tennessee had open looks. They were getting oh, open yeah. looks. They just couldn't make them. For us to get an open look, it was so difficult for us to get an open look. And it's a lot of what Dustin said with McCuller running the point. We have no emphasis on getting the ball down the court. We take our time. A little guy pressures us, and so we got to take eight seconds to get it across half court. And then it's just one dude dribbling at the top Yep. for yeah. 10 seconds. And then by the end of the shot clock, Sorry, go ahead. We're go having ahead. to kick. Uh, we're having yeah. to kick it and put up a terrible shot, or we're trying to do too much, so we turn it over. It's just not a good look on offense, and you know we're not creating really good opportunities for us. And then when we do create good opportunities for us, we can't fucking finish. We can't make mm-hmm. the open three. Bryson Williams again looked terrible, like he doesn't even belong on the court. And you're just having to rely on TJ to kind of just hey bail us out of this game. And ultimately, that's what he was able to do in overtime. He had some big shots for you. 
Huge. able to kind of get some separation. And then you finally decided, hey, maybe now we'll make our free throws, even though still it wasn't good. But ultimately, it was just one of the most frustrating wins I've had to watch in a long time, just because it feels like I don't really know what the answer is on offense. And that's kind of the big thing I've learned is I don't, I don't really know what our offense is, if we have anything that's going to actually help us. And a lot of guys that you expected to step in and be big parts of that have kind of shown maybe their true colors in these last two games and maybe they're not built for it. Maybe they'll get better with time, but definitely some very concerning showings from a lot of the guys that you're expecting to depend on. But I but to get on the positive side of things, Hold on, let, me get in on game, that. let me get in on that. Yeah. I'm not ready to go as far and say some guys aren't built or whatever. I think our system right now sucks. I think yeah. the play calling and whatnot looks like the offense of the previous coach that we also didn't like that offensive scheme either. I mean, too many times last night, we just gave the ball to TJ at the top of the corner wing and like stood there. Yeah. It's like, that's not what we need to be doing. We need to be moving the ball, run some plays. I mean, I know the Villanova Syracuse game kind of ended up the same as ours, but good God watching them actually run guys off baseline screens. Yeah. and They looked like they were competent on offense. Like it was so much. I was like, why can't we do that? Why can't we get Davey on running yeah. from baseline to, corner to corner with some screens maybe get them open there like we're just standing around and it sucks like brooks said so i'm not ready to yeah we were letting we're, we're putting the guys in bad positions yeah like davion can't do it on his own tj half the time can't do it on his own i mean i was disappointed in kevin mcculler having a five nine guy on him and he couldn't get the ball up the floor yeah yeah I mean, there was just like felt like there was no emphasis on it and there was no change to it the whole game. It was like, oh, we're we're just going to keep doing this. We're just going to keep doing this. And ultimately, like you were able to come out with the victory. And I've heard some stuff that we were trying to get their best offensive players and and pick and rolls and stuff the whole time and really wear down their offense or their good offensive players and make it harder for them on by making them have to play a lot of defense and kind of getting them tired and exhausting them out. I've well, heard shouldn't we some run of those things. Like, like, but like, yeah. Yeah. But hey, no one would help that. Like an actual motion offense or a lot of picks and screens like and getting well, guys. doesn't know what a three front is. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, it was confusing, but I mean, ultimately ends up working because their best score you know, only had nine points. And so that's the positive part of this game. Your defense was really damn good. This was oh, the best yeah. you've seen your defense like a lot of, you know, Tennessee wasn't making shots, but because your defense was in their face, it was making each possession for them hard to get an open look for them as well was really difficult. Bacho's presence inside Ooh. the paint really affected their scoring around Big the glass. Time. They were always having to think about when they're attacking him, like they're having to think about which way they're going to go up and how they're going to get it around him. And then they kick it out for threes and they were just, uh, God awful from three all game long until yeah. all of a sudden at the end they hit a couple big ones. But I mean, your defense did a hell of a job creating havoc for them, and that's the Mark Adams defense that we know and love, you know. And that this is kind of the first time we really saw it just kind of cripple a team, you know. Yeah, that was prime Mark Adams defense. We were collapsing and trapping guys, mm-hmm. and our runouts and rotations were so good. Yep, that most of those three-pointers were contested they took a lot of hard shots 
And we got them out of rhythm so bad that when they were open, they just started bricking everything. And so yeah. it just started to crumble for them. And yeah, our defense was running and rotating like crazy. Bacho was everywhere, grabbing every rebound. Um, the fact that we had also those kind of running and rotations with the where is my box score? We had three guys in double digit rebounds. Yep. TJ McCullough and Bacho all had 10, 11, 12 rebounds. Like that's pretty freaking crazy. Like it felt like we dominated the glass and they didn't get many offensive rebounds. And that was awesome. Well, there was 101 potential rebounds out there to grab. So, (laughs) Uh, just yeah, that helps when they miss that many times and you get to grab those rebounds. But let's say that was that was the weirdest thing from the three point line. Us at 16 percent, them at 15. Like they took they hooked up 40. They hooked up 43 pointers and made six at one point. At one point, they were two for 30. Yeah, seven percent. Oh, horrific! When they kept just chuck, chucking it up, chucking yep. it up, chucking you it know, up. You know, I attribute that some of it, most of it, to our defense, but also you got to realize the majority of these college kids have never played in an NBA arena, especially one yeah. of the biggest NBA arenas. And also, like they do some different lighting at Madison Square Garden than some, a lot of other places, and so that might affect it. And so you also got a lot of people there. Um, so it was is a factor, and so I think a lot of those factors attributed that because we shot horrible too. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we're god awful. I mean, um, how many points were scored in the second half? <laughs> like both teams yeah, were. In the second half, we were. It was thirteen to eight. In the we team, only uh, fifteen in the second half. Fifteen, fifteen <laughs> points from us, nineteen from them in the second I mean, half. It was pretty wild when we started the overtime with six straight points, and I was like, we were on fire. <laughs> no, like, even well, like even the even the announcer was like, "Yeah, well, I, 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 we're gonna go into overtime. Maybe one team will hit fifty points." Yeah, it should have been first to <laughs> fifty at that point. <laughs> it, was it was ridiculous. It was so bad. This was like I felt bad for everybody there that had to watch five more so, minutes of this damn game. So our friend Shelby, that me and Brooks went to college with, um, she went to the game. She said. That uh, a lot of the Villanova Syracuse fans booed when the game went to overtime, <laughs> yeah. and I don't blame them. I don't either. I would have, I would have, I would have booed too. In my text, I'm like, I boo, was, I don't I mean, want to watch anymore. God, do we have to go to overtime? Oh man, <laughs> uh, there's that. I like the NFL. <laughs> there was that stretch where it was like Nadomly airballs that free throw. Then later, that Tennessee guy has the layup and completely just—I don't even know what happens—just falls. It was like the court, the environment was actively doing things to keep everybody I mean, from like, scoring. Yeah, they were like Ghostbusters in the – like we couldn't see them, but they were in there like swatting the balls off the rim and making guys miss layups and Space Jam type stuff. <laughs> it, it, but, was, it was a weird game. It was a weird, we weird game. But we won and, you know, 10 straight – we had 10 straight oh, games that went to overtimes that we lost under a previous coach. And so to get that monkey off your back, go to overtime and win the game the way you did. True. It was, it was impressive. Like, I mean, those, while it's not a pretty game to watch while it was definitely ugly and offense was just lacking. Uh, it's still impressive to be able to go in and, and figure out a way to claw yourself to victory. Like you, I mean, it was a rock fight and you ended up having, 
yeah, uh, enough to get the job done. And Tennessee's a good basketball team Absolutely. with a lot of talented scores. So, I mean, just kind of impressive way to win the game. Obviously, and you want to see improvements, but... I think uh, 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 my main take on this is, obviously, defensively, we put in work. Uh, Bacho, I, I think, almost almost earned his way in as a starter. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that progresses, but that was a hell of a performance that. from him. But um, I... Let's kind of let's kind of talk about this, I guess, a little bit here, which is uh, the players who have stepped up, right? So, so Bacho, I think, uh, being on the top of the list after the uh, Tennessee game, but anybody else here that's kind of sticking out to you there, Dustin? You know, obviously, Bacho has stepped up. I didn't expect him to be this good this soon, and I mean, the fact that he's basically put Bryson Williams on the bench. Um, I'm very surprised that well how well he can switch and guard guys on the wing. I mean, I love the last play Tennessee tried to run and dumb on their part to run a quick pick and get Bacho on you. Now you have a seven foot arm in front of you trying to shoot a three. Like that was stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, his defensive presence and rebounding has been really, really, really good. Um, I've also noticed, I think in the last like two weeks, Adonis Arms is kind of starting to feel it out a little better. Um, and that just gives us another guy. He's not going to play a ton of minutes for you, I don't think, at this point. But the fact that you got another six, seven guy that's kind of like TJ in the game he has, um, that helps a ton. Um, McCuller is very hit and miss for me right now. Um, same with Davion Warren, hit and miss. I'm still impressed with Kevin O'Banner. You get him in the corner, he's going to make it a lot. The fact that he shot 11 threes last night, eh, I don't care. Yeah. It didn't <laughs> feel like he shot 11. I saw that. I didn't either. I Danny just noticed that 11? on my stat sheet. But two for 11, both those from the corner. He always looks like he's money. And he's a better rebounder and defender than I expected. So that's kind of a plus for me there. Fair. So I'd say KO and Bacho for me. Um, Brooks, anybody to add to that list there? Dude, I love Bacho. Right. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Like, we've really waited several years for this guy to come into our lives. You know, we had Big Russ. <laughs> we had Vlad last year. We had oh, yeah. other guys who, you know, weren't as exciting as the previous two mentioned. But, you know, Bacho came in. He's not your, he's not 7-1 or 7-2 or anything like that. But you kind of thought he was just going to be a guy who was going to get you a few minutes here and there. And that's how it started the season, right? Like he was just getting a couple minutes at the end of the game. And then all of a sudden you're playing a top rank, you know, a 13th ranked Tennessee. And he's outplaying Bryson Williams, who you thought was going to be a key player for you. And Marcus Santos Silva, while I think he was injured, so that's probably why he didn't play as many minutes last night. But he was playing so good you couldn't take him out of the game and it's not like he's stuffing the stat sheet with his scoring, but what he provides on the defensive end as a big is something we just have lacked Yeah, and his ability to be able to switch onto a small guard and you're not like, Oh shit. Oh no, this is going to be bad. Like he can hold his own and uh, it's just really impressive to watch. He gets huge rebounds. He does great hustle plays that, you know, he just plays through. He, he doesn't stop. He has a, you know, quick motor, athletic, and 
you know, it's just been really fun to watch, been really rewarding for us, all of us tech fans to finally have a big guy that goes out and can dominate a game like that. Yeah, and just to give give some, like, I don't know, stats, history, whatever you want on Bacho, I mean, 6'11", freshman, he didn't play at Arizona last year. He's mostly hurt. So this is just for – and he's from France, so not an American-born player, like, typically played in this environment. Um, this is his first real big-time college season and big-time college game. Yeah, he's way overproducing than what we expected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and first big stage too. I mean, uh, again, uh, MSG and and uh, Tennessee. I mean, I I think uh, the the main woes that we got to kind of that we're having here, we can kind of chalk up to that a little bit here. I mean, some of these guys haven't kind of seen that big of a stage in quite a while. Sure. Uh, and so, uh, but uh, speaking of woes, I guess uh, who do we really need to see kind of some work out of? Who do we need to see? Uh, a lot of improvements and and that's that's really kind of hard to pick out of this game because both sides had so such a off rhythm night um but uh brooks kind of kind of start us off here uh who do you think uh, i mean do you need to see more out of do you need has some work to do bryson williams i mean yep. we've we've mentioned his name but you know the guy that we saw at the start of the season who would go on stretches where he was just dominant down low has not looked anything near that in these two games, like not even close. And and that's, what's alarming to me on it is like, Hey, if he was still a semblance of it, then it wouldn't be as alarming, but man, he's bad. He's been bad. Like one for nine, Dustin, you said in that Providence game, um, some real bad turnovers, dumb fouls. Yeah. Yeah. And he fouled out of that game. 17 minutes, like 19 minutes, three for nine. With seven points and three rebounds. Yeah, and this is just not what you're expecting to get from this guy. And you, you've you seen him play against good competition. Like, he went off against Kansas last year. So, it's not like this is his first time playing good teams. Yeah. But, man, he, he he's just got me real concerned. And I'm hoping it's just a bad stretch and maybe he, he gets that sorted out. But, I mean, that's been definitely alarming. Um, I think some of the other guys that you thought were going to give you depth, Malik Wilson looked really bad last night. Like, dude could barely dribble the ball all of a sudden. Yeah, that um, was I, I'm not sure what happened with that. Clarence Nadonley's been, like, horrific for you in, like, his two minutes of play. He just comes air in, and air balls a free throw, turns the ball over. Just um, So some of these guys who you thought you were going to have depth really haven't stepped up. And, you know, I'm – only hitting the panic button a little bit on these guys. I kind of expect them to get this corrected, but definitely some signs for concern with some dudes that you thought were going to be big parts of your success this year. Yeah. And that th- you thought were going to take you to that level. And just so far, once the competition's ramped up, they've all kind of taken a step backwards mm-hmm. and, you know, not, I'm, I'm not really sure what to make of that really. Yeah. I agree with Brooks on Malik and Clarence. Like, your two quote-unquote point guards on the team. And Malik was looking on the way up. And then last night, yeah. like, mm, this he looked good in Providence. And then also... um, I just – those two guys are kind of disappointing. I just hope, like like I mentioned, like Kevin McCuller kind of evens out. Like he didn't look good this week either. 
Terrence has his ups and downs, I think more ups, but him and Davion are kind of in that same boat of like, yeah, Davion and I mean, Kevin are in the same boat of like ups and downs, figure it out. Like, come on guys. And I think arms just keep improving and we, we still have enough bench guys like with that group. I mean, we yeah. played 10 guys. I mean, Silva Wilson and Clarence only played a total of 10 minutes, but I mean, I think we have enough guys that are figuring it out that we can make a run late in March. And, and I, I, I'm not too worried again at the moment just yet. No panic buttons for me personally. I'm just kind of, Oh no, no, no. Yeah. 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 It's just, uh, you kind of want to see, you want to see a linear progression upwards on these guys. And so then it's, it's just kind of a, we 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 ha- we aren't seeing it just yet, but not not that they won't get there. Um, but next game that we do gotta gotta touch base on real quick. Well, is, uh, well, go ahead. Well, go we ahead. didn't hit we didn't hit the we didn't hit the main point on what that was supposed to be about. We kind of skipped over oh, because sure we had we had known what our team was, you know, before we went into these two games, and now we have a time to kind of readjust what we think. We had a team that scored eighty something points per game when they played terrible teams. And then now we struggle to get to 57 points. So it's just, it's kind of like, Hey, this was our first test. What have we learned about ourselves after these two games that we didn't know before? Yeah. So we look Dustin, like the same Texas tech team we've seen for the last like four years. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. We have a great defense. We're going to muddy up the game. We're going to rebound. We're going to make you shoot terrible. But hey, don't worry. We're gonna make it easy for you on the other end, and we're gonna yeah. play terrible offense. And so, yeah. I mean, the fact that we couldn't figure out a zone for like thirty-five minutes of that game, and then we just couldn't run an offense against Tennessee. Yep. I mean, the offensive end is what scares me. The positive is like that's the best defense we've played all year, and that was against the best team we've played. And Mark Adams is happy about that. So very two ends of the spectrum that we can be happy and disappointed about. Very true. I mean, yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, you <laughs> kind of got the worst of it against Providence and then, I mean, didn't look much better, but you got the win against Tennessee and yeah, my, my concern is off offensive side of the ball. Yeah. I will say uh, this. If we're going to. Huh? Yeah. Right. Um, it was kind of nice to see TJ, be clutch yeah uh, this week i mean okay. i know he had a dumb foul against providence and got him in trouble in the second half but last night that was some big clutch shots in towards the end mm-hmm. of the game and in overtime like that's it's and he had some like crazy runners there when we weren't scoring and he would just drive and get it up and off the glass and it's like man Thank God he can do something sometimes. That that little that we little kind of push it a little bit, but it's nice to see him be clutch. Um, that little kind of floaty sky hook looking thing. Like, yeah, with, I mean, without him, without him in these games, we would have been completely lost. Oh yeah, he he was our zone breaker in that Providence game when we got him back. He was able to with his shot and with his ability to get create he was able to get some shots and open looks, but you know, ultimately we got a lot of work to do on that end of figuring out how we're going to create offense. Cause now we've given a blueprint on how to slow us down, yeah. you know, just put, 
put a guy up on Kevin McCullough, it's going to take him 10 seconds to get down the court. And then we're going to have no time to run an offense. So we've, we've got a lot of work to do on that end. Yeah. Create some open looks, figure out some plays more than just screen pick and rolling uh, there. So uh, I would expect them to get in the lab and try to figure some things out. Uh, but you've got a tough one coming up in a couple weeks. So, so I think I think the main kind of takeaway here is just that we obviously need to see a little bit more motion on defense to get more or offense, sorry, to get more open looks. But we're able to put up ninety points. Like that's kind of the part that like they're able to make those shots. They're just not getting the open looks against these more athletic, better teams. And so we start seeing some more motion on offense. And we're capable of making those 90-point games. It's just kind of, we, we got to kind of find that rhythm and get in that spot. Um, but uh, next game that we do need to look at again uh, is just going to be uh, Arkansas State. A little bit of a kind of a fluff game here. But uh, again, just more, more of a chance for people to, uh, to or more, more chance for people to see the team, for the team to kind of gel here offensively. I mean, Anything that we're looking for out of this game at, at the USA, Brooks? Just some bounce pack performances from the guys who kind of struggled. You know, I hope Bryson Williams kind of gets back into a rhythm, more of the rhythm that we saw at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, some more minutes from Bacho would be, you know, a, a crowd pleaser for sure. Hell yeah. Uh, and just, yeah, get your offense kind of on track this game. Uh, see what See if we can kind of put incorporate some new things into the offense, some different motions, some different sets, some different guys controlling the ball. Yeah. Uh, just get some of these dudes' confidence back. I think that's going to be a key here. Big time. Uh, Dustin, I mean, anything you're looking for out of this game? Yeah, try to get some of these guys back on track and maybe even give get TJ and Bacho and Kevin O'Banner some rest a little bit and make them not have to play so damn much. Might be good. Kevin O'Banner and uh, TJ have been playing like 40 minutes a game. Yeah. Almost. I mean, not 40, but pretty damn close. I mean, they played both played 42 last night, which is more than the whole game. Very true. Um, but uh, that does wrap up our episode, guys. That does wrap up our, our, our club, Red. Make sure you do. Uh, if you do get a chance, swing by and uh, just hit that little follow button on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, helps us out a ton. Cheers to you, Brooks, as he takes a uh, shot bet shot, which will be it's going over here. Started. Oh, yeah. He, well, you, you got yours in the middle of it. Um, but uh, make sure you swing by the socials at tailgate underscore talks on Twitter. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you want to find Dustin, you can find him at DustinWimmer22, Brooks at Calvin B. Barrett, and me at Blanca where the L's a one. As always, guys, we'll catch you guys next week with some more Texas Tech and Red Raider talk. Here it goes. Tied at 38, three seconds to go, 62-yard try. Garibay has his foot into it. It may be long enough. It is good. It is good. It is good. Jonathan.